let me ask you a question, both of you. Have you ever asked yourself what actually makes you happy? Let me ask you this. Respectfully, are you happy? Ooh, it's too tough. He's staring at I me with this. Welcome back to another episode of the Rough Cut Club. I am your host, Joey Nicotra, here with my incredible co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Shane Wright-Zammer. Shane, how are you doing today, bro? Great, man. I appreciate that lead-in. You kind of pumped me up. I'm ready to tackle season two. I was going to say, today marks a very special episode because we have finally completed season one. After beginning this journey a long time ago, we have been pumping out episodes weekly. This is 40 weeks straight of pumping out podcast episodes, and it has been a journey that I am super grateful to be here on now. But man, season two, excited to be back and do it bigger than ever before, man. Couldn't agree more, dude. And I'm super pumped about who you have on the show today, man. We are kicking off this season with a very special guest. We have the CEO of Exclusive Productions, a producer, director, cinematographer, all things video extraordinaire, part-time fashion designer, and former Bachelor contender on the iconic television show Love Island. Let's go. Welcoming to the show our newest Rough Cut Club VIP member, Mr. Weston. Richie in the building, y'all. Oh, man, what an intro. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> wow, that was amazing. Uh, appreciate all the Dude. awesome things, guys. I appreciate y'all putting me on here and we get to chat about all the fun stuff. I love it, bro. Well, thank you so much for joining the studio, man. You are someone who came across my radar probably like a little bit in passing, like maybe a year to two years ago. And I was like, okay, this guy's killing it. And then like within the last year, I was like, okay, this dude is really on the map now and like coming out swinging in Dallas as a definitely someone uh, to be recognized in the industry, man. So you are crushing it lately. Man, I, I look at this point, man, when you love something, you get really good at it. And, uh, you know, with the camera stuff, with the people, the communication, you just got to love what you do, man, and it'll kind of take its way. Dude, I love it, man. You, know? well, you have definitely an interesting resume of all the different things that you've done in the industry. And I got to jump in and just like, tell me about how you even got to this point. Like, where did it start? And, and you know, how did you get to where you're at now? Man, I think it's all work ethic. But, you know, growing up, I had a lot of, you know, I was always creative, but I didn't know I was creative. You know what I mean? Like you don't have people telling you your gift and being like, hey, go over here and just do it. You know what I mean? So mine kind of actually started in construction. Um, you know, my life kind of shit right at, at high school. My, I had like a huge fucked up situation happen and that was when I had to grow, I had to learn. Yeah. So I, I didn't go to college, man. So I, I went straight into construction, work with my dad, learned how to, you know, build shit and, you know, do all the fun stuff. And then all of a sudden it rained one day and in the construction world, you you don't work you know you just sit at home and mm. do your thing right well i had a friend of mine in fort worth that managed a bunch of bars and restaurants and he's like hey man like i know you have a camera like can you come shoot some breakfast tacos and i'm like absolutely so i, I remember driving from roy city to all the way you know to uh fort worth and i uh went over there shot photos you know i got paid 150 dollars. i got to eat breakfast tacos and i shot in the air conditioning yeah and i'm like dude i'm pulling concrete for 150 dollars a day like my back's broken i'm like what am I doing here? So I went to the owner and I was like, look, I've never done this before. I love this. Can I come on Halloween and make a video for you for free? Mm. Right. And he's like, absolutely. Sure. Why not? So I went and did a video, um, on Halloween and I got it done pretty, you know, I'd say it's decent, you know, at that point, my first video. Yeah. And he's like, this is your first video. I was like, yeah. He's like, can you come every weekend? Mm. 
So for two years straight, man, I would travel. I would work 50, 60 hours a week doing construction. And then I would drive from Roy City to Fort Worth, shoot nightlife, uh, photo, video, all that stuff. Get home at 4 a.m., show up the next day at 12 for game day, right? Film all day, and then I'd get home another 4 a.m. on Saturday, and then I'd edit on Sunday for two years straight. Wow. Hmm. So, like, my I, my dad kind of taught me how to work hard, right? But then it's like, how do you work hard and be creative? It's two different worlds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And so, then I finally got to come home with my dad. I love you, but my back's not broken, and I'm making the same paycheck. Mm. And so, mm. it kind of just started from there. Dude. Dude, the work ethic is 100% like what you said at the very beginning. And that's one of the coolest stories we've heard yeah. yet to date. Starting with breakfast tacos, Dude, man. I know. We need some shirts that say like, you know, I did it for the breakfast tacos yeah. or something <laughs> with a camera on it. I think I started, it was either cheerleading or or a car or a car detailing video. But I think one, one of the two was my first start. What was, what was yours? I think the, I think one of the first videos, it might not have been the first, it was like fabricated metal. So awesome. Yeah. So it was Just the uh, most random thing. Yeah. Did we all involved with camera stuff before, you, you know, you got your first job? Like, was that something you were passionate about or it was like, Hey, I did this in school. Like, where did y'all even start with that? Yeah. I think, uh, well, yeah, I, I'll go first. I know where Joey, yeah. well, we both, we both started, uh, I started way back, you know, in, in before high school, I had cameras and we would make short films. We would go to the skate parks, we would skate, we would film and I'll let, Joey yeah. continue the story because it's pretty similar. <laughs> but uh, but then I went to school and all that. And then, you know, when I turned it into money making was post college. And that's when I did. Now, if I could do it all over again, I would have turned it into money making pre college and skip college. But yeah, uh, I, Joey's. I grew simple. up a competitive skateboarder. And so I skated for 12 oh, years. Right and so I was always on the other side of the camera. And then I wound up, you know, getting injured out of the sport broke my back actually oh, and uh you know wound up recovering from that and then broke my ankles and like it was a whole thing where i dedicated the first 12 years of my not first but i dedicated 12 years of my life to the sport and then had to like give it up and find something else and that was when i was like well let me transition to the other side of the camera and me and my friends started making music and doing hip-hop music actually and then we needed someone to make music videos so i was like i became the guy and then just you know it grew into you know the passion and you know the next thing that i wanted to pour my life into and so that was that was really my origin story with with that's filmmaking. wild yeah i always say pain is pain is purpose that's mm -hmm. it bro pain man to find your purpose one right. one door closes so a better one can open and then you know Got a, I got a longer career in filmmaking than I ever would have skateboarding for sure. So. You know what's yeah. a crazy interesting fact? Um, usually creatives are usually adrenaline junkies. Yeah. Mm. Which I don't know if y'all have ever done the research on dopamine and some stuff, but it's very interesting because like, you know Cody Ray, don't you? Of course. Cody Ray was in skating. Yeah. Where I grew up on motocross oh, yeah. and doing crazy stuff and like I'm always, I was always that guy. But you start talking to more creatives. Yeah. They have this itch. Usually there's like an adrenaline action sport. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it's yeah. kind of wild when you start thinking about it. A you lot start asking of action people. sports guys like wind up going into the creative arts and that just, you know, it transitions. A lot of people we've had on this show has had ba uh, backgrounds in skateboarding yep. or motocross or like uh, action dogs. sports. Or, yeah. So it's very, yeah, that's very interesting, interesting correlation. It's, it's been proven true. It just even yeah. in our, in our show and the backgrounds that we've heard. Yeah. So talk to me then about, you know, exclusive productions, you, you know, you quit construction and now fast forward to where you're at talk to me about you know transitioning into man that. it was uh it was a journey man i was a creative um you know i was a squirrel trying to find a nut and i think a lot of creatives don't know business mind so like what we try to do in exclusive productions now is 
teach the business aspect as well as the creative aspect, hmm. you know? So growing, I was, I never moved anywhere. You know, I was just, I was sprinting in the same place on the treadmill versus actually moving down the football field because I didn't have any structure. I was so creative, right? But I was chasing everything. You know, I was like a spider. I'm like, oh, cool food. I'm going to go wrap that up and then go do this. And I never was actually moving forward. And so fast forward, you know, I, I did it for three or four years. I started in 20, when I was 23. And it just kind of kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then finally I was working at the bars and I taught people how to do what I was doing and they hired them underneath me. Mm. Like, okay, cool. All right. So next week I get a major call for, okay, I was making $150 a night to, hey, go work at Sports Performance Center, which is in Frisco, which is like sports. I'm like, fuck, all I, all I know is sports my whole life. And they were paying me $1,000 a day. And I'm like, man, I'm outside the box, man. Like I've, I've, I was doing the wrong thing for a long time, but I didn't know because I was never coached. I was never mentored. I was never, I had no idea, mm. right? When you jump off, you know, into something new, you have no idea what you're going into. A lot of people have mentors when they go to college or they go into business development. Someone's taking them down the line, you know, in a creative space, you're just doing it because you like to do it and it turns into something, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So exclusive productions kind of turned into, you know, just getting better and better and better at what we're doing and then all of a sudden it kind of built this community and now what we're trying to do is i don't i want to build the mindset before i want to build the, the creative right i want people to be happy i think a lot of people are seeing success financially versus success versus down the road of happiness mm -hmm. so if we decide to build this community of happiness of like hey you don't have to go to college you don't have to do this you know to do everything that everybody's telling you you should do right i want to build it in the perspective of having a happy life and what that looks like tied together with exclusive productions. Cause that's where I think the growth is. Yeah. So I don't know if that answered your question, but nah, man, I, I love it. And you and I actually met at a, uh, at a Gary V event. And one of the things that Gary always talks about is like tying, you know, success to happiness and not just like the money that you make. And so I love that your entire production company is built around the idea of, you know, what, make what gives people fulfillment and happiness and, and everything and allows them to do what they love to do at the same time. Well, let me ask you all both this question. What is your mission? Hmm. So my mission statement is your success fuels my passion to create. And so one of my big things in cinema story is creating opportunities for artists to have a space to be able to create and not have to worry about the business side of things. And then same thing for my clients. I want to make sure that they can get real results. Uh, a lot of times they come to you with like a creative th or an idea, right? But they're not gonna get any results with what they're doing. So on that side, I am looking for success in the financial world for them so that that way they call us back and then my creatives get to keep creating. And so that's partly one of my main missions uh, inside it. Cinema yeah. Story. I think, I think that so much of my identity is rooted in how I grew up skateboarding and the whole the whole idea behind that is to push your physical capabilities further than you could imagine. You know, exactly. And so I take the same mindset that I had in skateboarding and apply it to filmmaking where it's like, I want to push my creative ability further today than it was yesterday. And each job, I want to feel like I'm growing as an artist because when I was growing as a skateboarder, I was like, man, this is the fulfillment that I get when I, when I roll away, when I land something new, I'm growing as an artist. And I think just the personal growth aspect of creating dope art is what fuels me. And then, you know, to, 
to build a financial a financially stable future in the middle of growing as an artist and doing what makes you happy i mean it's a win it's a win it's a big win what about you man i think our <clears throat> mission well my mission is like i thought of it in multiple perspectives right i think a lot of people look at it as like you got to work hard and then you're happy what if you find out what makes you happy and then you work really fucking hard at it mm. Mm. right and so my thought process is if i can coach that and watch somebody change their life in front of me that is my mission right if i can have the opportunity to redirect an avenue of success of happiness so success of you know having purpose impact you know having your identity and actually being proud of yourself most people aren't proud of themselves if i can show them that i'm proud of them and also they're proud of themselves that's my mission because i know that if i can create that and it scales itself i'll never have to worry about financials ever again yeah Mm-hmm. So, so you brought up coaching and whatnot, and I know that you do some of that to some degree. Talk to me about how that, like what you're doing in that and then how it fits into this, you know, filmmaking world. Are they two separate things? Yeah. So I think to, you, you, you get to capacity. I've been at capacity now for two years. Like what else can I do? Mm. Right. How do you grow the community? Like y'all were talking about. Right. And I think about it, this perspective, everybody loves a lightning show, right? Well, what happens in a lightning show is you have, you know, how does a cloud get built? it pulls water from all these different ponds, right? And it travels, it goes up and it continues to move. It continues to develop. And then all of a sudden the, the energy strikes. And so that's kind of my thought process with building a brand and a mindset um, and letting people be attracted to it. I don't have to tell people what to do. I just continue to be who I am with the energy that I provide and people will attract to it. And at that point, if I can build that all of a sudden, if I can build the personal brand and personal, like y'all follow first form, Mm-mm. Andy Frisella, 75 hard. Oh, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who he is. Right. I, I, he's a friend of mine and, and it's crazy the way he, he's very strict. He's very, you know, you go this road or you don't go this road, Yeah. but people buy into it and he doesn't have to tell them to do anything and they're attracted to being that better version of themselves. Right. So I think that's the perspective. If I can get into coaching and speaking and doing those engagement, it brings people involved where they can have a happy life and also tie production to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they're, if they're into that space, man, it <clears throat> brings up two things. Cause I feel like what you're saying, a lot of it is starting with the why, right. And that's Simon Sinek, like start with why. And, and that why is being happy and then doing that hard work. Right. And finding that happiness. Well, let me ask you a question. Both of you. Have you ever asked yourself what actually makes you happy? Let me ask you this respectfully. Are you happy? Ooh, it's too tough. He's staring at I me with this. Terrible timing. We're in a stressful <laughs> season right now. I got two under two. The The world is on fire. We're maxed. But at the, the end of the day, when I have to like sit down and, and stop and be still, I'm super thankful. And I'm and happiness is different from thankfulness. I will admit that. Um, at times, I am very happy when things are going well. And so... Um, it's a it's a revolving thing. It's not always a yes answer, right? Um, but it's something that we keep pushing forward to find. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a that's a hard question. I think I think for me too, it it comes it boils back down to like content, being content. And so it's like as you know, an entrepreneur, as an artist, or whatever. There's a side of you that is never content with where you're at, always pushing to be somewhere that you're not at the moment. But at the same time, being content in where you're at and being happy that you've made it to where you're where you are. And so when I look Mm. at it, I'm like, man, I'm super content 
to have to be able to do art for a living <clears throat> to you know have my time to myself to bank my schedule to do a lot of the projects that I want to do maybe not all projects that I want to do but a lot of them I want to do and it's like at the end of the day I really do love my life but but I'm also not content staying at this place that I'm at right now yeah that's the uh you nailed it man because I think that's what I always look at is the who am I going to be or what is the company going to be or what are we going to be doing and so by what you're getting to and I think even with uh man we had a great episode with Eric Thane uh last season it's like finding that space to just stop and be still and go this is dope yeah this is great right we are happy right now you know what I mean but then pushing yourself because I think without pain like you said before and without challenge you won't grow yep right and so Absolutely. it's actually necessary uh to have a little bit of that in your life to then move you to the next stage yeah, man. So I look at it in a perspective is this is kind of what I want to coach mm. is how do you have happiness? It's not a constant is what both of y'all just explained to me, right? Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the valleys, it's the top of the mountain. You know what I mean? But I do think there's a perspective that with opportunity and thankfulness and joy, you can continue to have a happy life, mm -hmm. right? It depends on how you look at it. It's all perspective, right? So for me, when I see happiness is like, okay, what actually makes me happy? Cause if you could wake up and really be creative every day, mm-hmm and not have to deal with the business and not have to deal with the clientele and not have to deal with all the bullshit, you might have a happier life, mm -hmm. right? If you could have woke up and skated the rest of your life. I would have taken it in a heartbeat. Because that's your dopamine going off. Yep. Right, so my thought process is people wake up and they don't even know, eight. how many people we have in the world? Eight million? Eight billion. Eight, eight, eight billion people yeah, yeah. in the world, right? And nobody wakes up and go, what actually makes me happy? Yeah. Right. So my thought process is really breaking that down and identifying what that looks like and making sure you get those those dopamine spikes every single day, mm. every single day, making sure you're staying disciplined and following the path that you're supposed to follow. And I've kind of studied this for myself specifically. And man, it's, it's literally changed my life. Mm. I wake up, I walk every day, I listen to a podcast right in the beginning of the day, I am literally dying to get to my computer and edit because I'm like, I'm motivated. Mm. My dopamines are skyrocket. And at that point, I'm like, how can I not have a bad day? How can I not have a good day? I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of something I think is just super important to me is figuring that out because I've worked with too many millionaires, billionaires, celebrities, and the odds of them being happy. Mm. And we have all these people that look up to these people and realistically, those people want to jump off cliff. Mm -hmm. So what are we teaching? Yep. What are we really valuing anymore? And it's just a blur. And so like my thing is to really make it focused. I love that, man. So strong. And I feel like even on social and everything, everybody is chasing the almighty dollar, right? It's all about the finances. And they equate that to happiness. Like you're saying, like those billionaires and millionaires. And it's not like you can't put your happiness in that. And so anyways, I love that, man. So, it's great stuff. So I want to tie this back to, to our listeners, right? So if they're on the other side of this podcast listening and you know they're in a season where they're making art or they're struggling in whatever you know phase of life that they're in a lot of times i've talked about you know it can be very easy to have the happiness or joy in your life tied to like the worth that you give yourself as an artist right, right. For, for filmmakers listening but you know we can't do that and so what what would you say to those on the other side of this podcast um, about finding happiness in, in their life or what they do through the art that they make. I think it's all accountability. It's looking in the mirror and going, Hey, what do I like? What do I not like? What do I not like about myself? What do I like about my situation? What do I like about my relationship? What do I like about my business? And then calculate it. Mm 
Mm. People really don't hold themselves to accountability. We, we hold everybody else to accountability, but I can't walk in the mirror and go, hey, Weston, I need to work on this, mm. mm-hmm. right? And then focus in on that specific part of what you wanna work on and then get confidence, right? Because a lot of people, they're, they're sporadic and they don't have any wins anywhere because they're not focusing on one thing enough, Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Your win is that you can, your win now, both of y'all is, man, I can make some badass videos. You have confidence. You know that you're gonna walk into a meeting and close the deal because you have confidence that you've had that that win over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so I think people with happiness is finding out what makes them happy, sticking with it, and now they're like actually creating an identity of who they want to be. Right? Y'all know your identity. Yeah. You're learning to get better and like all these different things open up, right? Yeah. But you're very confident of who you are, your business, because you've had those wins, those yeah. dopamine spikes. Yeah. So I think anybody on the other side of the fence is it's not the answer. It's always the question. I can tell everybody the answer to everything, but until that light bulb goes off for themselves, nothing's changing. Mm-hmm. Love it. So that's, I don't know if that answers your question. No, but yeah. I, I think it's a, a totally a practical takeaway to, you know, um, going back to that Eric Thane episode, it's like looking yourself in the mirror and going like, do I have clarity in my life? And once you have that clarity, you know, you have to just, keep going dedicating time to intentionally honing that craft and then it builds confidence and then you well look at it this way a lot of people right myself included does my internal match my external yeah right we want everybody to see us for this flashy external that we're all these different things but does our internal actually match are Mm. we actually happy with ourselves? are we actually you know striving to be the best person in or are we dying inside right and I would say a lot more people are dying inside of who they want to be, but they're not there yet because most people in the circle that they're around are not telling them that they're good enough. They're not telling them that they can do anything. And that's probably the the thing on the other side of the line where if somebody's telling you those things, you need to get away from them. It's mm. good. You, you, and I have a quote that I always talk about, but it's by Nipsey Hussle. It's like, if your circle doesn't inspire you, it's not a circle, it's a cage. <laughs> okay. Good. So like, that hit me in a different perspective where now I know my circle. If I tell them I'm going to do something, they're behind me pushing me to do it. Yeah. It's mm. good, man. You know what I mean? So that's kind of just the different perspective. I, I, I want to shine my light. You know what I mean? And hopefully it attracts what it attracts. Yeah. I love it, man. Well, before we get off the topic of just production companies, I I know it started from that. I wanted to ask you one last thing about just exclusive, but you know, a lot of other people that are listening to this have built production companies or smaller, you know, bigger, whatever. What is one of the things that you have found to give you the most traction in growing and supporting a, or, or just sustaining a successful production company? Man, I think I'm gonna ask you all this question. I'm gonna reverse this a little bit. What separates you from production companies? You Joey's, want me to take it? Joey's looking over at me. I, I think that I can already jump in and, and answer for you know the Bones. both of us that what we really pride ourselves on is the experience that we bring our clients because at the end of the day, there's a million different people out there, especially now with the cameras that exist and the education that's out there that can make really pretty images. And you know, at the end of the day, people are going to forget about how good the lighting was on something. They're gonna forget about how sick that drone shot was, but they're gonna remember the experience that they had doing business with you. And so if you can leave your clients with an experience that they're like, working with that person was was really, really awesome, 
I don't even remember everything about the video, but I remember that working with them was awesome. That's really what we try to bring to our clients at the end of the day. And there's a quote, uh, I'll paraphrase, but it's like, people don't remember everything that you said, but they remember the way that they made Treated you them. feel. Yeah, feel. Sorry, and, yeah. And, and it's like, if you can make your clients feel like they're, you know, the experience that they had was, was, you know, memorable, they're going to keep calling you back for more business. And so I think the experience piece is what we really hundred percent. And yeah. I, we were just having this conversation the other day, actually, because I was like, man, you know, our name is cinema story. So cinematography and storytelling strategy, all this stuff. But when I talk to clients, cause I do check-ins and like, what, you know, of course, why, you know, why, why us? Right. And it's the experience. It's always like, oh man, y'all make it so much better than X, Y, Z or like, or past experiences or like, we've never done this before. And it was such a fun experience. Yeah. And so, you know, we, I think that's a good way to find your why is asking the right questions too. And going, man, the experience is everything for us. So let me ask you this. I ask people this all the time. Are you the battery or are you the flashlight? And it, there's no wrong or right answer here, but I, I think that ties together exactly with what you're talking about. What do you mean by that? Yeah. It, 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 everybody's different and I don't ever tell anybody anything because I want to know what's in their brain first right are you the battery or the flashlight I'm a battery I'm probably a, f- a flashlight but I do some <laughs> battery things <laughs> from time to time but I'm probably the flashlight so there's all right? different point of views like what is your point of view for the flashlight what does that mean to you? so like a lot of times just within the business world Shane is kind of the supercell that you know empowers and makes the engine move forward and and run all together but like when he gets on set he's a flashlight you know what i mean but at the end of the day like a director almost in my mind is kind of like a battery that is you know powering the production um and i think a lot of times what shane does empowers me to do what i love to do and and shine for lack of a better word um but like me getting to go and dp a production uh, is me being a flashlight in my mind. Of course. Um, but at the same token, like if I'm leading a, a, a team of people from, you know, a grip and electric standpoint from all this other stuff, like I'm the battery to them. Right. But for me, I'm the flashlight to me. And so I think it's, I think it, you There's all different hats. perspectives. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, what about you? I want to hear yours actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think, I think Joey nailed it. I think the battery part is, yeah, the uh, empowering people goes back to my, you know, your success fuels my passion to create. Of course. And so I think that for me, um, that actually gives me, when I, when I see all the bright lights shining, that's like my win, right? That's the, that's, I guess going back to the happiness thing, that's, that's part of the happiness when I see the success of, of others and knowing that I empowered them. He was the battery for it. Right. Well, I have my own version too, but I I asked that question because y'all were saying the experience is why your production business separates you, right? Yeah. When I'm getting a conversation with y'all right now and I've seen you work, I don't know if I got to meet you that day, obviously, but the battery, your clients are absorbing your energy. Mm -hmm. They are loving who you are as a person. They're loving your production. They're loving how you operate to where when your phone, when you call them and they see your name, they're excited to pick it up. You know what I mean? So the experience and the energy ties together. So that's why I see both of y'all as a battery. You know what I mean? You're filling somebody else's energy. You're filling somebody else's cup based upon being creative and telling their story. Mm. You're able to paint their picture with a video camera. It's good. That's the difference. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And the flashlight is, you know, my perspective is a lot of people, a flashlight doesn't work without the batteries. And I think a lot of people want to be the flashlight. 
And in my perspective, like the energy of the battery is what's going to shine the flashlight. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you have the third key to that is like, what direction is it in? Mm-hmm. Right. You can have both puzzle pieces, but if it's pointing in the wrong direction, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So Skin. that's kind of mm-hmm. where I feel like what separates us in the production business, same perspective is being able to relate and have human connection mm-hmm. because everybody has this crazy idea, but they can't paint it. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to paint the picture creatively through a video camera and share their story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, I would say the difference maker. Love it. So I feel like we're in a like oh, I feel like I'm in a therapy session and I appreciate <laughs> it. Seriously. <laughs> seriously, this is great. But also I love your analogy and I think that uh is evident in the work and it goes back to your um man, it's I was interviewing uh, a billionaire doing a documentary and one of their things is mass attracts mass, right? And so it's kind of like that law of attraction in what you were saying, putting that energy out there to bring people, I think, into your company or the right people, like the rainstorm that you were talking yeah, about, right? And I really see that in successful models of, you know, it's uh, you can put out all the flashy content you want on Instagram or run ads, but it's really, it's about the people and the culture that is created and it's not just one person that creates the culture though too like i have to say that it is about the people who you attract to then create that culture so i mean that's why we're here right yeah like i have a lot of respect for you guys like you all kind of leveled up and i look at it as like an olympics logo right Mm. it's like once that person levels up the next person sees it and attaches it to it Mm. right it's like okay well we did unleashed well now so-and-so's contacting y'all because y'all were on that elite group of circles Mm. yeah right that's how this works because they see the respect they see the hard work they see the dedication now they want to be a part of it Mm. but like when we first all started this right ah, i don't know if i want to bring this person to there until we learned the lessons and learned the values of being able to be around those kinds of people and be a part of their business Mm -hmm. so i think that's kind of i think it's interesting that y'all have both done i've seen it y'all do some awesome stuff appreciate it man. but i think the separation there is one, I love your brain. You're very similar to my partner, Chris. Like Chris hmm. is a gangster. He's an engineer by trade. Like he actually used to work on airplanes with the government. He is a structured, like get shit done. Me, I'm, I'm all over the place, right? Hmm. So I always say like I'm the train and Chris is the tracks. Hmm. My brain operates at 100 miles an hour. Like I can think of 50 ideas by the time we've sat down on this table of how we can market this thing. Mm. Like that's Mm -hmm. how my brain works. Chris is like, okay, cool. Give them all to me. Let me absorb them all. And I'm going to pick five and then we're going to focus five. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Which I feel like his mind is very like, okay, business savvy. How do we operate this side Mm -hmm. of it? But he also has a very unique thing where he can be creative, Mm. right? For you, I don't know you well enough, but like you're probably extremely creative, right? But were you creative first and then business or business and creative i was creative first and then i learned the business second and i've tried to marry the two and so as time has gotten on i've realized it's show business and you have to actually you know make the business side a pillar of what you're doing right but i lean into just having ideas and and yeah i see y'all being very similar i can tell i love it i'm loving it man god i want to get we got to get this other guy all together let's go out and like get some beers (laughs) or shoot something together can that we make awesome. hats that say train and then you wear a track? <laughs> That's awesome. That's there's your marketing idea, idea right? Flashlight, <laughs> battery. I mean, there's so many good design ideas right here on this So table. have you all ever done like a brain test? 
uh, like to see like what, uh, like how you learn or how you, how you operate. Like, are you, you know, like there's so many different kinds of people. Like you've ever, you've ever done them. That's like been a long time. We actually need to do it in the three or something. There's a, there's a bunch of different ones, right? Like colors and like, there's a bunch of them, but they operate well inside the business. Like Mm -hmm. when y'all are operating different things and different people, man, it, it's awesome. So this is like my superpower. This is what I love to do with people is like, I learn their brain type. Mm which sounds crazy, but it takes time on my end. But then also I have a communication of one out of one conversation. Mm. I'm actually relating to this person. I'm in their brain. I'm understanding them. They understand me and I can literally trigger and question certain things that they get their answers from. Mm -hmm. And so that's been something really cool. Like I would recommend y'all do because we think different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, how can I tell this person how to do this when they don't think that way? Yeah. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's like, I can convert my mind to, okay, this is how they operate. Like Chris, for example, Hey, Chris, do you think you can edit this? He loses his mind. <laughs> loses it. He's like, oh, challenge. Accept it. Boom. Yeah. Can't stand it. He has to challenge. He's stimulated by challenge. Yeah. Mm. Other guy, I'm like, hey, here's one through four. This needs to get done by Thursday. It's done. Yeah. If mm. I have to tell him, hey, man, can you do this? He gets in his head. Right? So it's, it's weird when you navigate mm. different puzzle pieces that way and then put the painting together. I love it, mm. man. Yep. That's something good just too for like, knowing the contractors within your production company and knowing how to address each and every one of them and even your clients, right? Cause you have to do the same thing with your clients. And after, you know, you do a shoot with them, you get a pretty quick read on like how they take direction or how they, uh, you know, what their expectations are for certain things and how you need to handle them, you know, some delicately, some more sternly. And, you know, that's, that's the balance. That's one of the hardest, pro- I'd yeah. say that's one of the hardest projects is communication with clients. Yeah. Um, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I've learned a lot of negotiation books. And then also I've, I'll secretly study their brain type without yeah, them knowing, you know, that's like good. it's, it's a weird dynamic, but I think that's kind of where leads come in and you have to have that yeah. personality in order to have those relationships and be able to be a chameleon in different areas. I mm. think, I think one of the things that challenged me, I got married two years ago. Right on. Congrats. Thanks. And, uh, I, it's it's like the personality types, but like the love language thing, of course. like that thing was kind of all BS to me up until I got married. And I realized that I have been loving my wife through my love language and not through her love language. Right. And once I realized that I needed to show affection through how she receives it and not just how I like to give it or how you think she should or how, exactly it changed everything and it's the same thing with personality types like you tie it to people once you understand how people receive you know learning or direction or critique you can actually communicate with them much more effectively when you're doing it how they are wired to receive it dude it's it's a game changer yep 100 percent. i mean yeah I, w- I would recommend that 100 times over yeah and i'd love to be i would love to know what y'all's are specifically like i think i'm a seven wing three See, I don't know enough about that specific side of I it. I can't remember what they're called. I just remember those numbers because it added to 10. So <laughs> that's how go. my brain works. Easy for you to remember. <laughs> yeah, I we'll have it. to do, um, we'll probably kick off 2024 with that. We've been meaning to do Some those. Some tests and whatnot. Yeah, they're great. There's a lot man. of free ones. Uh, yeah. It's been about 10 years since I've done one. I, I'm, I'll be honest, and this says a lot about me, but I put doing it on my to-do list over a year ago, and I still haven't <laughs> done it. But it looks at me, and I can pull them up pull out my phone right now and show you it says disc test and it's like buried in i love it yeah we'll do a required uh dude uh, i don't even know if i answered your question no no no. i forget my question we're We're going way off the rails i love it it's great let me let me bring it back though let me ask you this what is the phrase don't let your comfort zone kill you mean to you 
Man, this is a this is a cool part of the story, man. And I have this system that I'm building right now that's called Furnace, the Identity, the Happiness. And I'm developing it in a perspective that, you know, we all go through those hard times, right? That creates your identity, that hopefully your identity can create your happiness. And I had one when I got out of high school that literally, you know, didn't want to wake up every day, right? I think we all go through that at some point in our life. And that's how do you bounce back from it, mm. right? When I had to go through that and then I had to go through it a second time, I knew I could handle it, right? Yeah. But what happened in 2019, I go on the show, right? Everybody sees the gland, they see everything, you know, the highlights, the happiness, you know, all this crazy shit. And inside, I'm not even, I'm an enemy to myself. I'm living for everybody else. I'm not even doing what I want to do. I'm not even living how I want to live because I'm so worried about everybody judging me. I'm so worried about the likes. I'm so worried about all these perspectives that I was literally dying inside. Yeah. Right? I was existing, not living. And when that happened, dude, in 2019, I get off the show, I go through a toxic relationship right? And your whole world's exposed. Now the internet, dude, I was getting death threats. I was getting, you don't mm. eat stalking me. It was wild, bro. Like nuts. Nobody knows this. And I have no one to communicate with this yeah. to. Mm. Who am I going to talk to? A therapist that's never been in this situation. Counselor's never been in this situation. Like, what do I do? Right? So I had to learn all these things mentally. And like in my previous situation, like I've never gone to a therapist or a counselor. I've just had to figure out a way to develop my brain and get over and overcome things. So this was like, okay, cool. Step two, I'm going to figure out the same perspective. So as this happened in 2019, I go through all this, go on the show, uh, go through a toxic relationship, COVID hits, boom, mm. lockdown, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm good at being alone, honestly. Like I'm pretty easy at that. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, cool. I got 12 grand left. Three months go by, four months go by. Hey dad, I don't know how to do this, but I, I don't think I can pay rent this month, right? And I haven't had to ask my dad for really, you know, at that point. And he's like, you know what, son? Like I get it. He's like, you know, we'll figure it out, whatever. My dad helped me, right? And I was like kind of uncomfortable, but then boom, same month. No rent, no nothing. Dad helps me pay rent. All my camera shit gets stolen. Mm. Best thing that ever happened to me. Mm. But that depends on if you looked at it as a victor or victim mindset. Mm. And at that point in time, I lost my all my camera stuff, $20,000, and I, someone stole my t tailgate all in one month. And I'm like, all right, cool. So this is the motto. One day you can be upset. After that, you better get the fuck off your ass and go. Mm. Like you better grind by all means, right? And that's where this don't let your comfort zone kill you was created. Because you got your camera equipment stolen. Because I got my camera equipment stolen. And I told myself, I was like, I'm going to make the same amount of money I lost in one month. And dude, back then I'm making six, $8,000 as a video production on my own. Like, you know, no structure. I'm just creative. I'm figuring, you know, pulling it out of the air. I was like, I'm going to do this. So next day, somehow I figured out all this. I don't know how I figured it out, right? It's about being uncomfortable. That month I ended up making $26,000 in one month with no camera equipment. Wow. Mm. I, had, I found a way to get a job to pay for the camera equipment to do all these perspectives. And I'm like, why am I not doing this every single month? Mm. So don't let your comfort zone kill you. Created this whole metaphor of my life where I'm like, bring it on throw me in the furnace over and over and over again because i'm coming out better i'm coming yeah. out stronger yeah what you go through is what you go through right and so that kind of started and then it turned into the perspective where it was like well i have it tatted down my spine you know like it's a big deal for me but we started a clothing brand behind it and so like i wrote on paper chris super genius throws it into a scanner and makes my own font 
so like my hand it's my handwriting so i don't know if you can see no you can't have a jacket on but i have exclusive on here but it's actually my handwriting wow and so we were like man this is this is a really cool project you know we're gonna put this on shirts whatever but i was like no i don't want to do like everybody else right so exclusive threads became this thing where what we're doing is that quote has meant everything to me right but i was like i've met so many impactful people in my life i wonder what their quote and why they live the way they live and so i reached out to all these people and i got all these quotes back and so the goal is to basically put quotes on you know there's 200 of them a piece right they're art pieces only right one of the quotes is don't set yourself on fire to keep someone else warm right mm. so we're going to put that on a quote we're going to do the podcast style interview but here's the kicker i was like i gotta think way outside the box here every show we do is going to have a you know a metaphor tied to the quote before we get to the quote so we're going to go to the ranch we're going to dig a dig dig a big circle put diesel and gunpowder in it and we're going to do the interview surrounded in fire wow <laughs> that's awesome so like so sick different concept and then it goes like way more into like some really cool stuff but like when it comes back to my mission of the whole purpose of the project is like we sell these items we we want it to be raw of people going through the furnace identity mm. happiness we want to showcase that and then the perspective is long term is like say some kid you know he's in the hospital he's watching these videos he's staying inspired he's staying motivated to keep getting healthy right we want to have a an option where they can send us a self-tape video of their quote and why right and like this is what's going to happen and i already know it's going to happen some kid's going to send me this and i'm going to watch his video we're going to fly out the next day to the hospital bed we're going to crawl in bed with him right we're going to do his episode and then we're going to do a fundraiser and we're going to pay his medical bills wow if i could wake up every day with dopamine like that i am the happiest human being i can possibly be it's so good so it's bro. not a clothing brand it's mm. it's not a brand it's a movement like that's literally what we want to live by wow sick that's I know sick. I'm like processing uh, all of that right now. Yeah, and that's like... awesome. And and tell us about the podcast because you kind of you mentioned it briefly just now. So tell us, and that's just another part of that that movement, correct? Yeah. So I mean, that we wanted to make it like a TV episode, mm -hmm. more of like you know, because like my thought process is if I was on TV, right? Why don't I just make my own TV show? Mm -hmm. So like we want to keep it in the avenue where it's like super high quality, but then the podcast aspect is y'all know as well as I know y'all get to meet amazing people. That's mm -hmm. it. So it's like, why not share their story for them? Um, because that's what we need in this world. Mm. You know what I mean? We don't need fake. We don't need the highlights. We need the the true shit where people can relate and go, you know what? That person that I thought was this, man, they I saw them on top of the mountain the whole time. Didn't even know they went down the mountain multiple right. times. Yeah. yeah, That's what we need to show to get back to the world and going, this is, this is, that's the change, I think. Yeah. Can I agree more, man? I, I think. We're seeing everybody's highlight reels on IG. A lot of people, you see highlight reels on IG, right? That's it. Or or any social, any social platform. Of course. And that's great, man. The podcast or even, you know, a series or, or YouTube show or whatever it is, you know, like that's the real stuff that inspires. It's sharing those organic and, and real stories that can make a difference in somebody's life. And that's great that that's your mission. It provides dopamine for you to be able to provide that you know what i mean i think that's i think that's important well i had to calculate what are the three things that i i love that i'm great at what are your gifts and when i had to really dial that in like i want you all to go home today and write man what am i what are my gifts mm. right what am i really good at what am i talented at what other people value in me if you could bottle that up and serve it out what is it mm. i want you all to think about that right it's good mine was i'm very good at communicating i'm very good at being creative and i'm phenomenal at telling stories and I'm like, well, that creates exclusive threads. That's that's it. Yeah. 
that shares other people's stories. It, it causes purpose to their life, to our life, to people that are watching it. That's kind of the vision between those three things. And that's kind of been the whole perspective for now, like since 2019. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So exclusive threat or the, the show, you said, well, I don't want to create my own show. Are you planning to go distro on it? Are you planning YouTube self release? Like, what's the Man, what's the goal on that? I, I don't necessarily know that route just mm, yet. Mm -hmm. I think it'll just grow naturally based upon the idea and the concept of what it is. I'm not worried about the money. I'm not worried about the time. It's more so a passion project that I know will turn into something. Mm, yeah. Right? Like, not even worried about it. Mm -hmm. And then, like, this is pretty cool. Two other things is Chris's mom works in special needs, so. We're building a huge studio right now uh, in Rockwall, about nice. 5,000 square feet, but we're going to have an exclusive Threads headquarters, like exclusive everything, right? Um, and she worked with special needs kids her whole life. So we're actually going to have special needs kids fulfilling all the product, um, which is, you know, super awesome. I yeah, think that's going to be a really cool great, thing. Yeah. And then the pop-up shop is something that's like never thought of. Mm. So the pop-up shop, I want it to look like a vault, right? It's a metal vault you can't even see in the store. You can barely see in these little cracks and like you can see in, you can see the podcast room, you can see metal, you can see all these red lights. It's just like, whoa, what is this, yeah. right? And the only way to access the store is a vault. And the only way you can do it is if you watch the code in the episodes of Threads. Hmm. Dang. That's fun. So you can't, yeah, you, you can't get in the store. It's mm. impossible unless you go back. And I'm not going to have like, oh, at the end, it's going to be right here. It's somewhere in the video where they have to watch it because I want people to see the value of what we're putting content out for. And if they want to, then they're going to traffic there to get into the store. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so good, man. It's great. Love it. I love how much your mission is woven into helping other people reach their goals. Like the, the comfort zone, the, you know, your mission statements and everything, even the ideas that fuel, you know, the type of videos that you want to make, the type of podcast you want to make. I think it says a lot about you. So I think that's cool. And I think it's something that one of my favorite things about having guests on the show is just being able to pull little pieces of what inspires them to then re-inspire our guests to reframe how they're doing their art or relook at how they're doing their art. And I think that everything that you're doing and building your brand around is something that people can grab pieces of and reframe how they look at filmmaking. So I think it's super cool and I wanted to give you some flowers there before it was too late. But before uh, you know, we wrap this episode up, I'd be remiss if we didn't get to dive a little bit into your time on the TV show. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and so, you know, just, you know, from a high level perspective, I'd love to know, you know, what your experience was like doing that and like what you learned from your time on the show. Man, I I think I chased an unending road, right? I think everybody, this is the thing that I'm really thinking about a lot lately is like, are you doing things for you? Or are you doing things for the people watching so that they're, you know, approving of you? Like, that's a big thing internal of going, well, why am I actually doing this? Does this actually make me happy? Or like, okay, example, yeah, I've been traveling all over the place. People see me as this happy person and it's, they get to brag about it or they get to talk about it, but am I actually enjoying traveling filming like this? Or am I doing it because those people think it's cool? Yeah. Right? So when I went on the show, you know, my life was in a different place than it is now, obviously, but I'm an adrenaline junkie, dude. I'm a, I'm a risk taker. I'm like, well, what do we got to lose? You know what I mean? And when I did the process, it was, I mean, wild. Yeah. I mean, you're going to Fiji, dude. I was locked in solitaire for six weeks. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know the time. I don't know the date. I don't know anything. 
right? So I don't, even, I didn't even watch an episode. Wow, bro. So I walk into this villa and like, bro, I have no idea what I'm getting into. <laughs> I walk up and I'm like, oh shit, dude. I'm like, oh no. Like, what did I lock myself into, right? And I went in as an OG, so I was like right at the start. And so I walk up, dude, and none of the girls step forward for me, dude. And I'm like, oh, no. This is so embarrassing. I'm on TV right now getting not, like, nobody's picking me. This is a joke. <laughs> so I don't know if y'all know the story at all or, like, the show at all. But basically you line up and there's, like, girls and then the guys have to pick the girl or whatever. So finally I pick a girl and then you, like hang out in this whole villa and there's a fire pit and there's a pool and you're in Fiji, right? So I'm like, fuck, dude, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, you have to like couple up with these people and then there's like one room with like multiple beds, right? And then like everybody's coupled up, you sleep with the person that you met that day, mm. right? So you're like, okay, this is wild. And then you start meeting all these people, where are they from, you know, different stories, all that fun stuff. And dude, I go through this process and you, you, go, you jump to jump to date, you know? Well, at first, I was the guy that nobody picked, and then like you know, I was fat at one point in my life, so that's why I say I have personality, right? Same, <laughs> same. Nobody knows it, bro, but it it's, it develops it develops it does, personality. Bro. The right? best people are people that used to be fat. I'm just putting uh, it dude, out there. I'll, when I date these days, I'm like, hey, send me your eighth grade photo yeah, right now, like, <laughs> then I'll know if you're a good human being or not. I dropped sixty pounds, bro. Dude, congrats, bro. Yes, the hard way. Water in the gym and vegetables, man. Dude, you got to do it. I love they it. They make I love the best it. people, dude. So. You know, I'd like to say my, my, you know, my battery shined right in, in Love Island because I was just a goofball. I'm dancing around. I'm having fun. Yeah. Well, as that process happened, girls were able to watch the show when they came in. So what happened was, is that I had one girl that I was hanging out with for two days. And then, you know, another girl would come in and be like, I want to go on a date with Weston. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, what do you do, though? Like, they're nice human beings. They're attractive. Like, you're going to go on a date, you know, this kind of thing. So I kind of jumped to jump to jump. And... You know, I was loved and then I was the most hated human being on earth thing. Mm. Right. So everybody had this idea of me and this girl and like looking back at it, yeah, it would have been a great relationship. But I left that relationship to go chase something else. And then all of a sudden, like all the girls in the villa do just sh mm. shit on me. And I'm like, I was about to leave. Like it was bad, dude. Dang. And, you know, then you go through this process, you get out of the show and like, dude, I'm like, I see my Instagram and I'm like, whoa. I don't know how many followers I have. I have no idea what's going on, right? And I have death threats that I'm a piece of shit. You're worthless. You shouldn't breathe. Like, oh and you're gosh. just like, well, you're, you're just shocked, bro. Like, you don't even know what to think. Mm. You have so much love, but then you're like, these hate comments is you're just like, dang, do I, is this actually me? Because mm. you don't have the support for, around people to tell you that that's not you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, stressful, bro. Like, I lost, y'all can't tell, but I got a hair transplant, but like, Chris, my partner, we lived together, and he's like, dude, when you came back, you lost all your hair. Wow. Like, mm. you're a science experiment for other people. Sorry, I take that back. So it's like, you're a Petri dish, right? You're a science experiment. You can't leave. You can't access anything. You don't know what's going on. You are literally um, a science experiment for reality TV, for people to watch you fail and live through a toxic moment, and it's entertaining. Mm. Mm. Just think about wow. that, right? Mm -hmm. You're literally stressing someone out so much so that they fuck up their life so that you can watch the entertainment. Wow. And you don't think about it that way and you're like, holy crap, that's messed up. Yeah. Mm. Right? But that's what people get joy from. Right. So you get out of the show and then you have this development of like, what's going on? What is real? What is not real? And then you stay in a relationship because one, you're terrified what the world's going to think. And so like this relationship that was very toxic dragged out. 
And, you know, you go through that phase and, man, you don't know what's what, dude. You're just seeing gray. There's no, there's no direction. There's no one to talk to. There's no nothing. And so I would say a lot of people from the show went through a depression, including myself, on who I am and what my identity is because you don't know. Wow. You're told everything. So I would look at it in the perspective. I told myself if I ever become famous, I want to be famous for the right thing. That's why I want to create the TV show mm. because I want to show the value of who I actually am and the value of how it's cut, right? And I would say if you know what you're getting into, it's great if you want to build your brand, build your personal stuff, but exposing your real life and everything. Like I had people, like my family, like you have no idea the internet, man. Like when you get to that level, it's crazy. So my takeaway from it, you got to know what you're getting into or you can go down a really slippery slope. Yeah. Mm. That's just so mind boggling and eye opening, you know? And when you were saying that, I literally went to like Rome and the Colosseum. It's like, the gladiators you're, you're put, not entertained yeah you're put in yeah. there to destroy and we get entertainment from you know and yeah. what you were relating to and that's it's so rough man and it's uh well you gotta think too, but you like, came out but you came out of the furnace my friend dude and that's the whole pain is purpose right so mm. the, the the furnace the blacksmith right the sword goes in it gets beat up it gets beat up it gets beat up it gets stronger it, you know it cools off it comes back mm-hmm. and now this sword you know that's how i look at life a lot is like let me continue to get beat up so I can help others. Mm. I know it sounds terrible, but like I know that that's going to be part of my life. Mm. I'm going to continue to go in that furnace over and over and over again so that I can create the ripple of impact that I need to make. So I love it. But like, here's the crazy part with, with reality TV is like I was the first season in the US, which I mean, I got a little bit of a following, but it's not. And yeah, millions of people watched on CBS, but like, dude, think about I get out of the show with a million followers like bachelor right i mean you have no idea what you're exposing to like it i'm on a very small level and i had to deal with that i can't imagine one the reality side of big tv shows and then also the perspective of celebrities Mm. i'm around celebrities now and they're just like fuck off they don't Mm. want to be around people they don't want nothing to do with nothing unless Mm. they're getting paid right because they're just exhausted from all the criticism, all the people and all this stuff. And it's like, what are we really valuing anymore? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Dang, man. So let me ask you this. Do you feel like people have put you in a box now because you did that show? Like, especially as a filmmaker, you know, uh, I feel like that would be something that people like know you now as that guy. And like, you're having to like fight to like, so yeah, yeah no, I, I struggle with this often, man. I can be vulnerable. I think I was doing video creation before, doing very well actually, um, and then go on the show, right? It's like, oh well, this is, you know, I, inter- I get introduced. This is Weston from Love Island. That that happens yeah. more than mm. you can imagine. Yeah, right. Now the shift that I'm going into is like, hey, this is Weston. He's a good human being. What are you known for when you die? Right. That's kind of my next phase is like, am I going to be a motivational speaker? Am I going to be this big community of production? And that's going to be my value. That's my storm cloud. Mm-hmm. But right now it's been difficult because it gets me indoors. But there's a perspective where I don't know who really values me mm. or if they value the things I've done. Yeah. Mm. Right. As creatives, y'all know that I'm either getting used in specific ways or does this person really like me? That they want something out of me. What is the advantage here? Mm-hmm. Right. But when I go into a meeting, 
people hype me up before I get there going, oh, this is Weston. He's a great creative. He has a you know, business, him and his partner, Chris. And he's also, yeah, man, he's on Love Island. And I'm over here just like, cut the end of that. <laughs> yeah. I don't need, I don't need that yep. validation anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't tell people, I don't bo- boost that ever. Yeah. I mean, that's just not who I am. So shifting now, and I, I look at it in perspective is like, if your mission statement stops, you're going to be, your dopamine's going to crash. Yeah. Mm. So like you look at a football player, a football player is going to go to college. He's going to have the house. He's going to get the NFL money. He's going to get the women. He's going to get this. And as soon as he's, re- he's retired at 28, he's miserable. Yeah. Right. Like I look at Ed Milet, huge mentor in my mind is like, he started at baseball. He went to this phase. Now he's, you know, huge mentor, public speaker. You have to continue to change your gifts to where people can validate those for you. Yeah. It's mm. good, man. I mm. love that so much, man. I think there's a lot that people can take away from this, even just from an identity standpoint, right? Like we've talked about it on the show, but like really getting grounded in your identity is one of the ways that you can strengthen yourself as an artist moving forward. And so I look at it this way. Every business has a plan. They know exactly what the business is going to do and how they're going to do it. Right. They're getting an audit of a business, but we don't audit our life. Right. What do you want to do? How do you want to do it? And that's to me, creating your identity first, what makes me happy, then work really fucking hard. And see, that's what, that's what actually, helped me come to a place where I knew that filmmaking is what I wanted to do is because I was doing multiple different things at the time. I had multiple passions and I audited my time and I realized that I was staying up late at night to research this filmmaking stuff. I was putting money into cameras so that I could make better projects. And I was like, man, when I really audit my time and my energy, it's going into how can I become a better artist? And that was what helped me come to terms with like this is what I want to do with the rest of my life and it's the audit that changes the direction of everything speaking of direction I'm going to ask you all this and I want the audience to really listen to this question if you're at a specific level when you've started to you know beginner to expert tell the audience a little bit a lot of people are plateauing right now a lot of people don't know where to go yeah right y'all have people right we all started with by ourselves. Tell people how to jump over the fence and go, okay, maybe I do need some help. Maybe I need to figure out a different business strategy. Maybe I need a mentor. Like, what would your perspective be on that? I think I'm in the middle right now of reading Grit by Angela Duckworth. I don't know if you've heard of it or whatnot, but it's talking, I've been I've been reading a chapter just on practice and like what really, I'm probably gonna go off the rails and not even answer the question exactly, but it talks about like going back to people plateauing and what they're doing. You know, a lot of times when you first start something, you see incredible hyper growth. Right. And it's parabolic when you can learn, like you can not know how to do something one day, take one day, and then you're going to know how to do it. And it's going to be this parabolic growth. But over time, you wind up plateauing, right? And, and so it looks like an S curve in how you grow. And what really separates, you know, the growth at the top is nuance and learning how to identify the nuances of your craft. And so I think, you know, you you start climbing this ladder and, you know, you learn how to do something and then it the growth stops as much and then you really have to put intentional time practicing the the minutia of what you're doing so that you you can master the nuance of your craft. Right. And I think that's what really helps people 
kind of get over that plateau right. season. I don't know if that answered that question exactly, but that's what no, first no, came it makes to mind. Sense. I love it. No, that's good. And I think, I think too, for me, um, it changes a lot and you have to be okay with change, but you have to be able to audit and, and read that change and then make a decision. Right. Pivot. So, and pivot, right. So, you know, what's working for you now, you already need to be thinking ahead of where that S curve is coming, where you're yeah. kind of, uh, rolling off and you go, well, what's the next phase? And I, I use the analogy of like, we're just like, even your stage in your life right now, you're just in one form of transportation headed to the next thing. Right. Right. So you're, you're in the car that's taking you to the airport. That's taking you to the space station. That's taking you to the Mars to the, you know, there's, there's, there's all these little steps. And so for me, I got kind of really hung up in like, all right, I, I'm a, I, I started as a DP editor. I'm a DP. This is who I am. This, I need to get better at this. I'm going to be the best at this. And then you go, I don't even, I don't even, I, I joke with Joey all the time. I don't even know where the record button is anymore. You know what I mean? And like, and then I was going to directing and then producing and now more business and entrepreneurship, you know? And, and, uh, and so it's like, I think you have to be okay with change and realizing that you, as you said, your gifts, I think, I think, uh, I think you discover more gifts, right? You unlock that you have. Them. You unlock them. You unlock them. There you go. You unlock more gifts. And so you go, there's uh it's a journey. And so I guess that you were saying, when do you know um when to bring on more people? Is that what you were kind of well, saying? Well, like I put it in this perspective, right? We've been on both sides of the fence of entrepreneurship. Mm. We know one side of it, we know the other side of it. I think a lot of times like I didn't know that I could financially take the risk because we're worried about our money versus our time. Mm -hmm. And so I think the perspective that I'm trying to get out of y'all is, you know, okay, I might make less money, but I get 10%, 20% time back where I can validate that somewhere else and make more money mm. or change more lives. <clears throat> so I think a lot of people get this, you know, they, they get stuck, right? They're like, I don't know if I can do this because we're not gonna have enough money. All right. You know what I mean? To jump into that, okay, I'm I'm with you now. So, I'll share this: years that I've made thirty or forty thousand dollars less has been the best years for the company and for myself personally, because that's it. Yeah. That's the gold and nugget so, I was trying to yeah. get. And it, and I do highly encourage it. You have to be able to. In fact, we're about to go through another phase of that in the company right now, and it's kind of like where you go, you know, you have to get out of the way and make space too, and that is huge. And, and realizing that um, I just like doing collaborations and doing stuff together with people in general. And that's why I created Cinema Story from Jump because I didn't want to be that solo operator freelancer, right? I wanted to have a team. And I think the more, and that's where we've kind of plateaued. We go, all right, these are our people. And then you go, well, no, there's more. Like, let's keep building this. Let's right. keep making space. Um, and that's where you you do see dips in financials and stuff like that, but it gets better. So people that are listening on the other side, when you have that thirty or forty or fifty drop or or ten or five, whatever it is, you're if you do it right, a lot of times it will come back to you, right? It, it will it, come back and to it, you, and it comes Hopefully. back even better, right? right? So then the next year there was a spike, right? And then you know, and that's the thing, like taking those risks being uh, not risk averse, right? And being able to take those risks is part of the thrill of entrepreneurship, right? Going, is this the risk uh, worth taking now? Because it actually does better things for me in the future, buys more time back. And so like now as a father with two kids, time is my most precious asset. Absolutely. I don't care about that's the not money. Changing. 
I don't it, even the business and stuff. It's it, the your values change instantly, instantly, <laughs> man. And so, uh, you know, but I'm still passionate about all these things. But I go now. I've got more um, at stake. And so I think the money versus time thing. You know, you do have to weigh that out and go. Well, what is most important to me and the and my happiness? So that self audit uh, is the first step to then make room for the moves that you need to make. And you'll know when it's right. I would say I think it's it's hard to say like a, a exact moment, but you'll know when it's right, right to bring on those people. I love it. So good, man. Guys, this has been a phenomenal episode. I am just geeked over here, and uh, I feel like. Like you said, I I went to therapy after this uh, podcast, and so, bro, this has been great. Uh, before we before we get out of here, man, we have three questions that we like to ask each of our guests, and so I'm going to start by asking if you could go back in time, what's one thing that you would do differently in your career? My career or my life? Um, I mean, whatever first comes to mind, man. I think I think I think let's tie it into filmmaking. You know, okay. um, as a as a creative. Uh, a creative entrepreneur. If I could change one thing about my career, stop hesitating. Mm. Yeah. Stop. Don't even go down that road. Just go. You're going to learn more on going than you are hesitating. And that held me back for years because I was worried about people's opinions, point of views, or the hardest part about being creative is that it's your art and you're displaying it and the client might not like it. Yeah. It's the scariest feeling in the world. But without restriction, there's no growth. Without data, there's no growth. So if you hesitate, and this looks at everything, if you look up anybody in sports world or anybody in business, they're calculated, but they do not hesitate on what they need to do. Mm. And I think if I could have gone back, I would have sped up the process and not been in my head and quit listening to people's opinions. A quote I live by, don't take advice from people you wouldn't trade lives with. Mm. And the people now that I take advice from, if I'm like, hey, I have an idea, they're like, go. You hang out with people that aren't in that entrepreneurial world, they're going to tell you, well, it's saturated market and maybe you shouldn't do this and I would change this and I would do that instead of, nah, just go. So that's my advice. That's also my my biggest mistake that I wish I did not listen to other people. Fail fast, but fail forward, man. That's a, that's it. You got to be speed to market. I love that. And, yep. It's good. Maybe we'll turn it into a podcast episode and I can get a quote on one of those custom pieces of art. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, man, what is one piece of advice that you can give to filmmakers trying to grow in their craft or their business? If you love it, you'll get great at it. And if you love it and you get great at it, you'll have clients in anywhere at any point in time. Boom. Mm. Mic drop. You, When you're so good at something, people will find you all over the world to do it. In any industry, whether it's cameras, whether it's building cars, whether it's racing cars, whether it's anything, they'll pay you good money to do it. Have y'all ever heard the um, fast, cheap? Uh, you can have fast, oh, yeah. cheap, Triangle. or quick. Or no, no, it's a fast, cheap, or good. Yeah, right? yeah. the quality. Mm -hmm. Take two. You can only take two. That's right. Yeah. So I think I think mine would be. Um, well, I just went blank. What was the quote again? Just if you could give. Uh, the quote or the what was the question? Oh one yeah, piece yeah. Of advice what's for one a piece of advice for their craft? Oh yeah, it's just to get really fucking good at it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I love but it. then also learn the communication aspect. Y'all know, obviously, that's kind of been my my golden ticket is learning how to communicate with people. Yeah, mm -hmm. super mm -hmm. good, man. Uh, last question for you, man. Before we wrap you out of here, who is one filmmaker that has inspired you or your work? My, I'd probably say the person that's inspired me the most with filmmaking specifically is Sam Colder and Matt Como. So sick. Um, 
the creative vision, the creative aesthetic. I have some friends that work with both of them. Um, and it's crazy because you look at, they just, they took the chance. They yeah. got out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Right. I think that's the biggest perspective. And then tying it together to their personal brand as well as their creative brand. They were pioneers in like a different style of editing than that had never been done before and like really, really pushed boundaries on what's possible as an independent filmmaker. Mm. Both of them. Yeah, no, they did. And they they did it in a perspective that built their personal brand and their identity. Yeah. That's the coolest thing to me is like when I think of Matt Como, I have specific colors in my head. Yeah. When I think of Sam Colder, I think of travel. Yep. Right? Everybody builds an identity and they went for it. Yeah. Mm. And if you hear both of their stories, they took the chance. Yeah, dude. They didn't hesitate. Matt Como. did not hesitate. Yeah, bro. They, they both played a very big role in inspiring me especially in the early years of becoming a filmmaker to just think differently oh and peter mckinnon i gotta give that one and, yeah. uh, peter mckinnon and then uh what's the guy that does it's the new york vlogs casey Neistat. oh mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. Love i got casey. to meet casey one time he's cool yeah, cat, probably, it's, my, it's my goal to have him on the pod one day mm. casey Dude, make, Neistat, make it happen make and it peter it. mckinnon what's up everybody what's peter up? mckinnon you gotta put the p in front of the yes. w what's up everybody oh, that's hilarious <laughs> but youtube man i feel like is, is getting very saturated but yeah i think people need to be that's why people like peter because he's vulnerable you know what i mean <laughs> who's somebody you looked up to early on when i first started Devin super tramp oh actually i take it back that is my first mm, that is my let's first. go yep. come on yeah dude the 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 utah swing video because i'm an adrenal yeah. junkie first video yeah that that was where i was like yo i could do this because i used to do crazy shit as a kid yeah mm. like i used yeah. to jump off shit build ramps we built did y'all film, did yeah. film stuff yeah, when yeah, you dude, were yeah i, I, I was what... a gopro fanatic yeah dude, we built a cable park well it wasn't a cable park we tied the four-wheeler to the wakeboard boat <laughs> or yeah we made a skate park in our pond that's, that's fire so like that's before fire. cable parks were a thing dude like we went and we stole i'll never forget we stole this freaking like uh this wall that was like a a slide or whatever yeah we put pipe on it we built this whole ramp put it in the pond like floated it and we'd get the four wheeler dude and i was wakeboarding in the pond that's, that's so like, awesome i was man. nuts dude i love it is there footage out it. there in the world somewhere with this stuff dude that's see that's the thing man and i used to gopro because i have photos and like a yeah. video of it yeah. but i have gopro videos wakeboarding i used to be pretty intense at wakeboarding yeah i've only dope. got to do it twice but i love it man it's so close to skateboarding yeah. just until you water, tell you man. blow out your legs yeah mm, i wouldn't 100%. do it how old are you 28. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. You get to stick mm -hmm. to surfing. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, yeah, I Yeah, last time this guy snowboarded, I told him, so I'm 38, and I'm definitely done, and I go, he went snowboarding right before a big project, huge project that we oh, had. No. Emmy-nominated project that I missed out on because I broke my wrist <laughs> snowboarding. <laughs> emmy nom. I don't. I don't have an Emmy. It's so funny I, because I actually have one of those stories. To. I have a story, but I didn't break anything. We were filming in Africa, dude, and got yeah. stuck. We were supposed to film Dak Prescott. Yeah, mm. got stuck in Africa for a month, dude. Missed the shoot. A mm. month? What? Dang. Yeah, bro. Dude, uh, that's insane. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, dude, it was wild. I was running around with drafts. Like I wasn't too sick, but like we got COVID and I was stuck. But yeah, we missed the Dak Prescott shoot. Yeah. Uh, Same thing, man. I, I went snowboarding. I was trying something that I thought I was 16 and uh broke my wrist two days before filming like the biggest shoot that we've ever had as a company oh, no. it's got it's like you know too that that's gonna happen before yeah. you go yeah you, like knew it was gonna happen oh yeah and it was literally like the last run of the day and mm. dude it was it's always rough. the last run but that video has it, it has to be the last run <laughs> yeah no doubt i mean it was literally like hey we're gonna hit it one more time and then yeah. i was like yeah. oh let me send it on this slam yeah. 
crack. All right, guys, I got I got one thing. Y'all got to give me three things. Okay. Remember, I told y'all three yeah. things. Y'all okay. got to do. Let's. We got some homework. To That's do. it. What's yeah. That? Sure. And then no, no. The three things you're great at. Your yeah. gifts. Three gifts. Three gifts. Well, y'all don't have. I want y'all to. This is later. Yeah, this is homework. Okay, okay, we'll okay. Have to, we'll have to text and, and write it on three here. Three gifts and then three things that make you happy. That's good. Hey, and if for the viewers that are watching this on YouTube or listening on the podcast, we highly recommend you do this as well. Self audit. This is great. This has been a great episode, man. Post post your comment. If you share post your, your comment, we'll share a gift with you as well. There you go. I love it. We got a little uh, rough cut club gift that we can share with someone that writes go. their let's I got, I got one more question this. from both of you all right y'all don't know me well enough but what's some advice y'all would both give me Ooh. that's dun, tough dun, that dun, is dun, tough. i don't know you well enough yet, yeah i know just hearing just, just understand though you don't know me well enough but the audience doesn't matter yeah right yeah. so whatever you give me advice might help somebody in the audience yeah so like whatever's like on your mind right now that you think is good for you it's probably good for me. What I was going to say is sur keep surrounding yourself with the right people because I can tell you burn bright, uh, but you, you and you let out a lot of power and you can get drained. Oh, yeah. And so like I, I that happens to me. And so surround yourself with the right people that is what I heard from you from the beginning about maybe not having the support system. It sounds like you have that. Oh, now. yeah, I do. Now, you know yeah. what I mean? Which is great. But keep that up because people come and people go. Absolutely. And so it's, you always have to have uh keep attracting the right people but man i wish you nothing but the best and i know yeah. you're dude i'm so pumped for everything that you've talked about i'm i'm gonna be following watching you know hopefully in contact i want to see uh you know the threads thing and then the the show and the podcast all that man wish you the Absolutely, best man same for you and then I, I already know where this is gonna go one it's gonna go to a part two and then also we're gonna yeah, be right. doing That's some right. work together yeah i love it i think y'all should probably even have chris on here i think would yeah. be a great dynamic he's got I a cool story that. too we'd love to get him on um and then also i gotta get both of y'all on Oh ours. yeah, great! Let's run it, bro. Yeah. I got, I got my, I got my piece of advice. Yeah. That's that's for you. That's for me. That's for everyone else listening too. And it's I heard something recently that that challenged me, and it's that everything you want in life costs more than you want to pay. And and I watched a video from Alex Hormozzi. Uh, shout out to him. But he said he lives by this mindset where he he repeats this phrase to himself every day when he doesn't want to do something, and it's I will do what's required. And so for whatever it is that you want within your filmmaking world or your dreams, your business, your entrepreneurship, whatever, getting it is probably gonna cost you more than you wanna pay, but you have to do what's required. So that's what I'll leave Mic you drop. with. I'm taking that home, I'm gonna have to use that one. I love it, brother. <laughs> Wes and Doc, this has been a phenomenal episode. Thank you so much for your time, for your energy coming to the studio, blessing us with gems, man. We thank you so much for being here, Dude, man. This was Appreciate you guys. And I'm gonna have to have you say, both of y'all have to say your last names again, though, because yeah. <laughs> we can't pronounce it. I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know what uh, they yeah. said earlier. <laughs> That's yeah. so awesome, man. So, but no, I appreciate you guys, man. Nothing but the best, and y'all are gonna yeah. continue to get those missions, get those goals, and if I can help in any possible way or connect y'all with anybody, dude. I love it, bro. Phone away. I love it. Hey, before we get you out of here, man, if people want to get connected with you, what's the best way to get in touch? Uh, just at Weston Ritchie. Um, kind of just all the, I, I don't have much, I guess, exclusive, but exclusive expelled with no E's, if that makes sense. X. Exclusive. Yeah, yes. and then there's no E at the, at the end, right? So IV. And we'll share all these links in the uh, section on yep. YouTube and the podcast for those interested to get connected. Yeah, stay connected. Let's, let's make it happen. Wes, and this has been a great episode, man. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Rough Cut Club. Love it. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.